Hey folks, Matt from MedicsMind.com here. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and reading what you have over on my blog, please consider giving me a like and a share. It would greatly help me get the word out and grow my listenership. As always, muchly appreciated. Be well, be safe, and above all else, keep talking to each other. gentlemen welcome to a medic's mind the podcast thank you very much for stopping by appreciate it immensely i apologize for the noise pollution coming in through the microphone but it's very warm today so i have a fan going and unfortunately that's a little difficult to uh you know get rid of uh from the audio post thing anyway it's too hot to not have it on so i'm gonna have it on and it's just gonna be there i apologize but it's how it is uh, a blog read for you today, guys. I wrote a, a story um, about a, a good friend of mine, a guy that I had the privilege and pleasure of knowing for uh, for some time, uh, a short time, too short a time um, in, in retrospect of, of how things um, ended for, for that young man. Uh, there's an anniversary coming up soon um, for, uh, for, for this guy. His name's Colin Wilmot, and uh, over the past few years marking these anniversaries, it's been really easy to get stuck into the negative uh, thoughts about those things, the forlorn thoughts, the, the 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 sort of wishful thinking that things were different. Um, and I'm trying to do something a little bit different this year um, in trying to stay positive and trying to sort of celebrate that person as opposed to just just simply mourn that person. So I wrote a story uh, that uh, has him within it, um, and it's a story that takes place back when I was in the military uh, during our driving course, uh, and it's called Shania. Now, I don't really want to get into why it's called Shania. Hopefully, that'll, that'll be clear as you listen to the, to the post. Uh, if you're more of a reader, you can go over to emeticsmind.com. It's over there. If you'd like to listen, I did produce it. There is some sounds and, and things I got uh, within this episode as well. So hopefully, you enjoy it. Uh, I'm going to read it for you now. This is Shania, episode 130. The struggling engine of the aged Italian M40 coughed and choked to an asthmatic halt. Shit. Ah, well, we're done. We're done now. We ain't moving. The instructor's gruff tone orated in defeat. I felt a sudden sting of shame as I was the one sitting behind the wheel of this sturdy antediluvian steed. Though our progress upward on this mud-laden incline was not my fault, I couldn't help but feel somehow responsible for our cessation of movement. Liam, the instructor... A man in his sixties began to dismount from the passenger side of the soft-skinned military ambulance. 
I heard a quick metallic scream lament from the rusted hinges before feeling the full brunt of a slamming door push through to my side of the truck. Still seated behind the wheel of the M40, I now heard muffled provincialisms hurriedly spill from Liam's mouth. God damn it! Fucking piece of fucking dog shit cut! Fuck! Hennigan! Get out here! Before Liam had finished ordering for me, I had already withdrawn myself from the ambulance and was making my way around back to meet up with the petulant ex-sailor. See what I see? Liam asks. Uh, yeah. Looks, looks like, looks like we're stuck deeper than a pecker on prom night, doesn't it? Liam chimed in. Uh, yes sir. Oh, cut with the sir shit. Do you know what this means, Hennigan? I assumed it meant that as a private, I was about to get to do some digging. Uh, I get to dig us out? Thanks for volunteering. I'll be in the truck eating whatever hell is inside our box lunches this time. I, yes sir, I'm sorry, uh, yes sir, I'll, I'll get to digging. It was early in the spring, so the hill that we were stuck on was a sloppy combination of mud, snow, and frozen earth. Basically, it was wet shit with heft. I began digging around the back of the ambulance, then the sides, then back around to the rear again. Occasionally, I would jump into the driver's seat to see if my labor had been fruitful. It wasn't. Not for a good long while, anyway. I, along with some other platoon mates, were on our driver's course. So whenever things like this happened, it was left up to us to figure out, seemingly to the delight of our veteran instructors, all former servicemen themselves. Hey, Hennigan, what's going on back there? Liam called out from the passenger side of the rig. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, <laughs> well, we're still, we're still not moving uh, any, anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. May as well come eat your fucking box lunch. Let's see what kind of fresh hell they've offered you, shall we? I had been digging for so long that it was already lunchtime. I had seen some of my other mates drive freely on by. They all chose to greet me with gleeful smiles from their driver's side windows. I had returned in kind with a very special hand gesture of my own as a form of return greeting. Caked in mud, I sloshed my way back around to the driver's side and hopped in. Here! Liam handed me my box lunch, a culinary offering from the army cooks back on base that we got to take with us. I opened the cardboard folds of the box and revealed to me was a stale cheese sandwich, a bruised apple, a badly beaten granola bar, and some nuts. Some expired nuts. Ha! <laughs> looks like you had the same asshole pack your lunch as I did, Henny. Yeah, looks that way. Now, I won't sit here and lie to you by saying that I didn't eat it. I did. I ate all of it. I was fucking starving. Starving and covered in a thick goo of mud soup. As I was eating, albeit with a heavy acquiescence, I heard and felt a low rumble of an approaching diesel engine. It was Wilmot and his instructor steaming up the hill. Wilmot parked alongside of me and the instructor, Adamson, rolled down his window and peered over at me. I began rolling down my window so as to allow for colloquial exchange. 
<laughs> Henny, you got stuck? Wilmot queried. No, I just decided to park here and roll around in the mud like an asshole. Yeah, we, we got stuck. <laughs> Are you good? You need a hand? Nah, bro, I'm good. I'm just gonna finish this five-star sandwich and then I should be able to get us out of here. Thanks, though. Ignoring my statement, Wilmot put his rattling rig into park and then hopped out with a shovel in hand. Upon taking notice of what he was about to do, I put my sandwich back in the box and readied myself to go out and assist my brother-in-arms. Hannigan, Liam said. Sit. I'll go help out the fucker. Liam hopped out, his mouth curled into a mischievous grin as he did. When he said that he was going to go out and help Wilmot, what he had meant was that he was going to go out, sip on his cold coffee, and chat with the other instructor as they let Wilmot grunt and groan his way through the dirt. Not more than 15 minutes later, though, we were free and once again able to ascend the craggy hill. I drove behind Wilmot a ways, grateful for his insistence to help. We drove until we hit the main roads. We pulled off onto a truck stop and then sat down by the water for a while. Those of whom were brave enough to continue consuming what was left in their box lunches did so. Liam couldn't help but vituperate. Wonger! What do you got in there? Referring to what Private Wong was eating. Uh, looks like roast beef, I think. You think? See, that's a fucking issue, not even knowing what we're eating. Tell you what, I'll tell you this right now. I'd like to meet that cockwasher who made these lunches. And you know what I'd do? I'd shake their hand and congratulate them. Yeah. I'd praise them on their advanced level of fucking assholeness. Fuck! I should mention that Liam was a crazy Newfoundlander, so whenever he swore, it was to the benefit of our listening enjoyment. When we had finished our break, we remounted our cantankerous vehicles and pressed onward. This continued over the span of several weeks until we had attained enough hours to procure our military driving licenses for all soft-skinned vehicles. In that time, we'd gotten to know our instructors on a personal level and grown to enjoy their company and idiosyncrasies, and they ours. On our final day together, we all met at a local restaurant in town and dined in each other's company while partaking in the time-tested military tradition of alcohol consumption. Ironic, considering this is a driver's course. No one was driving that night, I assure you. As stated, all of our instructors were ex-military, so they knew the life all too well. They shared stories of their time spent in service and beguiled us with tales of misbehavior, busted ranks, and mess brawls, all spoken through hearty guffaws of remembrance and jolly. Until all of a sudden, a boisterous call out of a singular word. Shania! It was loud enough to silence all other verbal pleasantries. It was Liam. He stood with wobbled gait and intoxicated gaze that held a very stern expression. Shut up, shut up, shut up, and listen, listen, listen to me. He slurred loudly. You're all getting, getting ready to go on mission, aren't you? He was referring to the fact that we were all on pre-deployment training and destined to be sent overseas to Afghanistan. We all nodded somberly. Look, shut, shut the fuck up for a second. I've been to bad places. I've done shit things and I've married more times than I should have. You could see a life of lived experience play out from behind his gaze while he spoke. Before continuing on, he scanned each of us in the eye. Shania, you get me? Shania, don't be stupid. Get me? Don't be stupid. Shania, Shania, don't be stupid. He was referring to the song by Shania Twain, Don't Be Stupid. But he was also speaking of our safety. He knew the places that we were to go, and it had been bad as of late. We were losing Canadian soldiers at an increasing pace. You don't be stupid. You keep your eyes open, your mouth shut. And you don't volunteer for nothing. Nothing. Don't be stupid. 
A sullen silence of agreement filled the room. One of the old boys put their hand on Liam's shoulder, but he quickly bucked it off like an angry bull and then cried out once more. Shania! Hear me, Shania! The hand returned to his shoulder and helped him into his chair. He used poor coordination to reach for his brandy. Poor, but successful. When he began to drink, the remainder of us took our seats. Williamson, Willie, began to speak softly, also through drunken tongue. A reiteration on the importance of Shania. Don't be stupid. It was the old guard, caring for the new, dropping the stoicism of instructor to student and instead speaking earnestly about what was to come. All of us around that table were eager to serve, but we were also humbled to be in the presence of those who already had. night continued and the drinks flowed forth. After that night, I never spoke nor heard from Liam or any of the instructors again. And on that fateful July day of 08, I couldn't help but think that they too had heard the horrible news bleed forth from their television sets. Wilmot was dead. Killed in action. Far from home. There was nothing Shania about Colin, though. He was as astute as they came. Thing is, bombs and bullets don't give a shit about how smart or prepared you are. They hunt with impunity and unimaginable savagery. Though I did not deploy with Colin, Wilmot, I always remembered those utterances spoken around that table on a night where he was still alive. Alive, and right next to me. Shania, don't be stupid. I have tried to live by that creed. Shamefully, I have made some poor decisions that could constitute as stupid along the way. But the advice is sound, and I remember it clearly. Thanks, Liam. Wherever you are, hopefully you found a better sandwich and you're driving freely somewhere beautiful. Oh, and if you do happen to read this or hear this, remember, Shania. Shania.